couple of maybe more a bunch of game developers <laughs> drinking tea and talking about game dev um, i'm your host this for is... today Fauzi mesmar with his own this voice. Is your worst intro <laughs> the worst intro i've heard in a long time it's like a bunch of developers drinking tea not even arab tea there's no arabs there. like this no is arab Mafish, Mafish, Arabiana, like nothing. Wait, that didn't say a bunch uh, of Arab game developers. You said Arab game developers, not Arab T. We normally say Arab T. Yeah, yes, exactly. Well, because last but, time, Fauzi, Fauzi, last time right. it wasn't let's three not, game developers. That's why. Let's, so not, last time let's we were, not talk about it. Let's not talk about it. Let's talk about the important thing. <laughs> we're very sorry about Osama doing such poor impersonation. Of you. I, I'm not sorry. I think I did no. a great job by the end of it. Okay. Everybody who listened was very sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but we hope you forgive us I saw a lot um, of messages saying that they were convinced Fozzy was on the episode so there <laughs> <laughs> that was hysterical <laughs> sorry did you mean did you mean that was hysterical, that was hysterical. Oh, God. There, there we go there we go there, there, was, we go. there was a part of me that was like oh man, this is how I sound to those people <laughs> <laughs> but, I'm, but I listened to the podcast I, I don't sound like this <laughs> I'm just really bad with impersonations, but whatever, I'll get better. Uh, right, like right. said, so, it can't get worse. Well, the, the thing is, like today, I'm off script with the uh, with the intro and all. Is because you know last week there were two Arab yep. developers drinking tea, and today it's not just three; it's four of us. Yes. Uh, so, like, we have um, the the usual Destiny pilot, Rami Ismail. Assalamu <laughs> alaikum. <laughs> and we have the the best impersonator in show business, <laughs> Osama Doris. Assalamu alaikum. <laughs> that's my best Fuzzy voice I'm back to square one it's back that's to my again. best Fuzzy voice back to square one but also have a, have a guest today uh, a returning guest Ahmed Salama hello 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 nice to be back Zayek and I'm here this is my first time with Ahmed on this podcast because last time he replaced me. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah, you weren't right. there last time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He should yeah. have done an Osama impersonation. <laughs> oh, God. No, no. There's still time. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very Osama impersonation. Go like, <laughs> I'm like, that's it. You just do that somewhere in the background and you're good. You, th- you have to throw a bunch of dad jokes in. So right, like, right. I, I love dad jokes. I love it. Segue into laughs. Perfect. <laughs> dad jokes and the, and the, the laughs. Yeah. I mean, the dad jokes. I'm, besides Osama, I'm, a, I'm the other dad here. So, so yeah, right? Yeah. Right. yeah. So we had, a, we had a dad replacement back then. <laughs> Kids are basically interchangeable anyway, so it works. Uh, kids, podcasts, you know. Like, I don't have kids, but I imagine it to be the exact same thing. <laughs> I'm sure it is. <laughs> so how y'all doing? Yeah. Uh, Rami, do you have any pop exams coming out of nowhere? <laughs> do I have any what coming out of nowhere? Pop up pop exams quiz. like surprise pop quiz? Oh. <laughs> no, no, uh, no. I had, I but I have a cool thing with the aviation stuff. I'm, I'm, um, I'm in Vegas, and uh, and I'm gonna be in San Francisco. Uh, no, sorry, not San Francisco. I'm gonna be in Los Angeles, and uh, I'm also gonna be uh, in Scotland. 
in the next few weeks. What is happening? And Whoa. Well, events are happening again. Oh, wow. Um, and uh, one thing that I do now is I just email to an airfield. And just go like, hey, could I fly with you? Hey, like, I'm an Arab. Let me into the air. Give me a plane. And as we Rami Ibrahim Mahmoud Hanafi Ismail Masur Ali Freer. How is that an airplane? How is that a thing that's allowed? Anyway, so I just email to airports now and just go like, hey, do you have a flight instructor that I can fly with? And uh, so far, Vegas has said yes. LA has said yes. And Scotland has said Oh, wow. Yes. So if the weather wow. is good, I'm going to be flying all over the world soon. Oh, that's incredible. That's not great. like actually flying all over the world. I'm going to go all over the world and then flying in those places. Actually, uh, speaking of aviation, did you see Netflix? They just dropped a documentary today about the 737 MAX. The whole. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, I watched yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, oh, I haven't watched it yet. I watched I have, it. I, I have a lot of flights ahead, so I'm keeping it. <laughs> or you want to watch it in the air? Like, <laughs> yeah, of course. No. Like an Arab watching like airplane incidents in the air. What can go wrong? You, you know, what's really- this is like this is like that time I was I was doing Ramadan and I had like the countdown timer to to, yes. to food, and it was it was not good. It was very uncomfortable <laughs> to realize I'm an Arab. With a laptop, with a big timer, just going like one hour, one minute, one hour, and zero minutes. And then uh, all the Arabs around you go, "Allah Akbar, yeah. Yeah. You know, I used to work for a company that made in-flight entertainment, like games on airplanes. Yeah. Right? And did I mention what kind of game? Like we basically we didn't work for a video game company. It was an in-flight entertainment company that happened to make video games. So we they were very hands off. We were able to make pretty much any games we wanted, and they went into the catalog. Uh, other than the games having to be G, because you know all flights have kids on them. Uh, do you know what other restriction that we had? The one that really stood out. What was it? No bombs. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, no explosives at all, but that's part of being rated G. The other thing is uh, you cannot have airplanes fly anywhere close to a building. Oh, right. That makes sense. In your game at all, in any way, shape, or form. So wait, I mean, Lufthrausers wasn't G-rated, but there were no buildings. There you go. So would that have worked? Uh, <laughs> there are explosives, so no, it wouldn't it's work. Fair. What if we exchange those with cotton candy? <laughs> <laughs> yes, actually, cloud. then we could make it work. I mean, We're done. We're done. Um, but, but yeah, so no real axioms coming up. Uh, I started on my, I don't know if I talked about this last episode because it was kind of in a weird place in time, but I started my uh, radio telephony practical course. Ooh. Okay. Um, which basically means that I'm now practicing, you know, how I'm supposed to sound on the radio and what I'm supposed to say on the radio. Can you give us a a, tr- a test? Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> some radio, pop hotel, whiskey, mic, alpha, radio check on frequency one three one decimal zero five zero. Now, can you do it in Fulgi's voice? Hell for some radio. whiskey, my Calvin. No, Fozzy, I was asking you wrong, Fozzy. Stop. Uh, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> It'll be a miracle if they let any one of you guys land anywhere. <laughs> 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 
I'll run with you. Radio from Hotel Whiskey Magalfa. Salamu alaikum. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Radio check on. The runways are going to go really well. Please hey, divert. Just, if we have a high-pitched Arab, but then we <laughs> yeah, so I'm I'm starting to do that, and it's it's really uh, I find the logistics of this whole aviation thing so fascinating. So many systems that exist just to make things be safe and efficient, but also make them so that you can do them even when you're under pressure. Um, obviously, the last few days, the weather in, in Europe was absolutely abysmal. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you, you know, I don't know if you saw that Twitch stream, the, the big jet yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, it did. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. I, now have, I now have a vague idea of what happens in those cockpits during those approaches. And... <laughs> It makes it worse watching. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. You, you know they're in control. You know it's fine, but also you know how hard they're fighting to keep that airplane like going straight and at the runway. Yeah. And how much they need to do, and how much talking is happening, and how much like communication, and how much aviation, and how much navigation is happening. Like if you miss that approach at the Heathrow, they have that uh, the the person who was filming it. They have a, th- a, a three landing rule, so you can attempt three times. And what? What? What yeah. then? Then you're out. <laughs> like, what do you do then? Yeah, they, <laughs> you don't land anymore. Like? <laughs> yeah, you, you, you don't land at Heathrow. You divert to another oh, airport. Okay, ah. so they send you away. Right, uh, but yeah, then basically, just the conditions aren't favorable for your airplane landing there. So instead of like trying that for another hour, just yeah, yeah. find somewhere sense. else. Heathrow is busy. Yeah. It's a busy airport, and it, it's uh, limited in runways. Uh, so, you know, like, it's also limited in versatility of runways. I think they have two parallel runways. I mean, I, I don't uh, know about you guys, but if, if I was on one of those flights, I'd be clapping after a landing. Not because I'm Arab. <laughs> no, we're, Not, we're also Arab. It's an Arab world thing. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. They have to I clap. Think, yeah. <laughs> it's the kind of thing where Arabs now clap on Arab flights or Arab appropriate flights, yep. you know? Yep. And then if you fly to the US, you just do nothing. You just sit there and you're like, wow, we did four loopings and evaded a fire volcano. I'm just not going to attract any attention whatsoever and just sit here. My favorite thing to do when, on an Arab flight and everyone is clapping is to look around for the white people and see how they react. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this look of shock on their face, like, oh, what's happening? They're looking for a performer or something walking down the aisle. <laughs> uh, Italians do it too. In, in Italy, they clap as well. Oh, yeah. like, well, but I don't know if you've ever done the Milan approach, but like you can clap after that one. No. <laughs> they just drop the airplane from like 30 meters yeah. up over a forest. They're like, yep, we're over the forest. Turn it off. Oh, oh my God. I think, I think that is one of the most terrifying approaches I've ever seen. And it's just like, Yep. Okay, we're over the forest. We can we can get down to the ground now, and it's like not a smooth landing. Tarami, do you like go on YouTube now and like watch approaches? Oh yeah, 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 all the time. And I watch incidents, and I watch uh, crash investigations. Wow. I watch uh, procedures. I watch. Um, um, there's this really cool. If you ever have some time, um, and you wanna you wanna see something funny. Uh, look up a guy by the name of Kennedy Steve. Okay. Kennedy T- Steve was an ATC controller over at JFK Airport. And he he was really funny, which is really impressive because it's, ATC is obviously a very important job. But uh, 
one of one of my, one of my favorites was when a pilot accidentally broadcast the landing thing that you say to the passengers <laughs> on the airplane radio to ATC. Oh no! And all the other pilots are obviously listening on the same frequency because there's a frequency for something, and you all go on that frequency, and there can only be one person transmitting on that frequency. Oh no! So while this guy is doing his, like, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to New York. Uh, the temperature is 70 degrees. And nobody else can actually talk about important stuff. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. God. It's a and then one second, and, t- t- 10 minutes later, and now to translate in another language. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, <man. laughs> um, so he did that announcement. And then this Kennedy Steve, who's an ATC, just basically comes, <laughs> comes on and just goes like, Okay, let the abuse start, Joe. You're not going to let him get away with this. <laughs> and just tells all the pilots to give this guy just the absolute worst time. And there's just like pilots coming in and go like, what was the temperature again? Uh, <laughs> and this guy, just so funny. Like he's like conversations with like the tugs, like the little carts that go around the airplane airport. And just one of them calls in and it's like, you know, Delta tug four. He's got like, Oh, Delta Tug 4, you're my favorite. <laughs> Tug goes like, oh, actually, I'm Delta Tug 7. <laughs> he just goes like, well, 4 is my favorite, but uh, 7, you can go uh, and just continues. Um, it's very lighthearted. He's kind of a hero to me. What's, so, uh, so what's your end goal? What do you want to do? Do you want to go PPL or do you want to do a commercial license as well? Or? Yeah, so I'm I'm looking to do PPL, which is your private pilot's license, right? Uh, which allows you to fly, but not at a profit. And I want to get some additional rating. So I want to get my night rating. I want to get my uh, mountain rating. I want to get my instrument rating eventually. Mm. Um, I don't think I'm going to hop to commercial um, because it's not really a goal of mine. But what I do want to do is basically be able to do exactly what I'm doing now, which is I want to fly somewhere, you know, with a commercial jet and then just go like, I would like to fly here. Mm. And then just grab an airplane, rent it and fly. Sarami, tell me this. If you get your license and then, you know, we talk enough about flying on this podcast that Boeing decides to sponsor us, well, that means it becomes for profit and you lose your license. Or this is too meta. No. <laughs> yeah, no. So that doesn't matter. The only thing you can't get paid for is the flight itself. So, so if you, you can okay. split the bill. So, so if you have a 747 and, and you don't, you're not getting paid for flying it around, you can fly it? Technically, I mean, I would need a 747 rating. Okay, so you need oh, to yes, be rated for the plane, right? Okay. But uh, technically, you're allowed to fly. A, you're allowed to fly that if you have the rating. I just don't know how you would get access to a seven four seven where you don't make a profit. The Iron Maiden but, guy has one, right? Uh, what's his name? Right. Uh, Bruce. Yeah, Bruce. He he has one. Well, if, so so can he fly if, that with a PPL then? If he has a PPL and a seven four seven rating, oh, wow. then yeah, he can fly. So, yeah, because yeah. he flies his own jet. He like the tour jet. Yeah. So does Aaron Sefford, and he managed to land on a taxiway. (laughs) That's a real story. No, (laughs) no. he was aiming at the runway, and somehow he ended up on the taxiway. Oh, no. Wow. Yep. Um, But yeah, so I listen to ATC videos and all sorts of things, and it's just, it's, it's a really fun part of my life now where I'm just, I'm curious, and there's so much to learn. Um, and there's so many people in games that are also aviators. Oh, yeah. Which surprised I, me. I know two at least, uh, actually. Yeah. Right. Uh, Tim, right? So it's super Tim. fun. Yeah, yeah, Tim is one of yeah. them, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so th- that's just been really fun. Like, I've just, 
you know, gone to meet people, have a hobby that isn't just video games, but also have enough overlap with games that it's still sort of an interesting subject to most of my followers. (laughs) So, yeah. Just having really fun learning how to do radio right now, and it's 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 been great. That's very cool. That's awesome. Uh, how about y'all? Yeah, Ahmed, uh, what have you been up to? Uh, I have been playing Horizon, <laughs> Horizon Ooh. Forbidden West. Uh, I've heard oh, of that. Me too. Yeah, yeah. Wait, you worked you worked on uh, the the first one, right, Ahmed? Yeah, yeah, I did. I I worked on Zero Dawn, so so I worked on that project for, I guess, around four and a half years. Which wow. is quite quite some time. So, wow. so yeah, I'm, I I know the team uh, pretty well, uh, and I also uh, know a lot about Horizon and how it came to be and stuff like that. But yeah, it's a, a this game is so great. Like I've been playing it uh, nonstop whenever I have time, because yes. as I said before, I'm a parent. So, yeah. and it's a good <laughs> game. Like I've been, I look at, I always look to see what I'm <laughs> what I'm getting myself into, and it's uh, apparently between. 30 like 25 and 42 hours or something like that that's the range yeah it was the the first one was like that too it was like i think you could finish it in 30 hours if you're like so 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 it it respects your time a bit (laughs) Mm -hmm. but you can also like lose yourself in it if you want if you want to do a 90 hour run or 100 hours you can so yeah yeah, that's uh, nice absolutely loved zero dawn it was such a good game and it took me by surprise i didn't i didn't like going in i was like oh okay let's see what this is going to be like but like i was hooked it had its hooks in me really 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 quickly i loved so many aspects of it so yeah sorry to say like i couldn't play it (laughs) i I played of course i think i i I put so many hours into the game that i couldn't when when it came out I, i think i played the first hour or, or like two hours like i think uh, i never finished it no oh, i i no. finished it. no <laughs> i i loved it i love the game a lot but there is this um basically the stretch after meridian mm-hmm. there's like a stretch that's just kind of long mm-hmm. and not much was happening yeah. and i kind of bounced off of the game at that you point you have to travel uh, a lot all the way to the north yeah. kind of and yeah 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 and it was kind of very similar to how in the witcher 3 you have the bloody baron quest and then you have to go halfway across the map yeah yeah, yeah. oh yeah and uh, those moments always lose me in games like that so i was i would say like i was a good 70 percent into the game mm. but uh, I bounced then, and then I actually only for the first time ever saw the ending of Horizon when my mom finished the game. Oh, wow. Yeah, cool. So I was just watching my mom's be like, I don't know what happens here. This is very exciting. No, I, I, <laughs> my mom's like, wait. I watched the ending, I think. So so I pl- I knew I knew the story, of course, way before the mm-hmm. game come, came out. So, so I think like a, a week before the game came out or something, I played the last two hours in the game just to, to fix mm-hmm. stuff <laughs> and uh right. so 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 i knew what, what happened um and and actually the story of this game i know i know start to end I, i've known for like five years already too and right so there's no horizon freshness for me like until right <laughs> it's interesting because you said you, you couldn't play it after i think that's a default i think Game devs have a very hard time playing the games they worked on when they release. Uh, At least oh, yeah. that's my experience. I mean, so, so it depends. Like Killzone, when I worked on Killzone Shadowfall, I played a bunch of multiplayer. The the single player I didn't, uh, but the multiplayer I, I played tons of that. Because I was about was, to say it's my experience yeah. as well. Multiplayer, like yeah. once you're playing with other players and you've yeah, been playing with fun. devs the entire yeah. time, it's a very different game almost. Yeah, mm. true. 
and and with a game like Killzone, which is not very Twitch, like it was kind of slower paced, so it, it was fun uh, to play. But true, like single player games, like Horizon or, or other single player games I've worked on, I, yeah, nope. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad y'all worked on them because God, Horizon is pretty. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, it's gorgeous, gorgeous, unreasonably pretty. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's it's this game. This game is so so beautiful, and from a technology standpoint, I I mean, it's incredible. The tech is incredible. The art is incredible when it comes to characters, environments. Um, I mean, the, yeah, the, I played it on a PS5, and I've booted it up on a PS4 Pro, mm. and they both look incredible. Yeah. But still, the PS5 version, yeah, like the level of detail in that, just just Aloy's face. Like I spent I. I, I'm not going to finish this game either, not because there's a, a long stretch, but because I can't get out of photo mode. Yeah. <laughs> Every five steps, I'm like, oh, that's pretty. Wait, give me a second. Yeah. And then like 25 minutes later, and 11 screenshots richer. Mm. I'm like, okay, okay, let's. oh, wait, that's pretty too. Let's take... Yeah, you know, the, the team has so many experts. Like they have, and, and that's kind of Horizon, or sorry, Guerrilla. They, they are a t- like a team of experts. There, yeah. so, mm-hmm. so there's a dude called Andrew, for instance, who works on the clouds, a VFX guy, a principal VFX artist, artist, and he's been working on the clouds for those two games for like eight years now. So wow. can you imagine? He has a PhD in making horizon skies, <laughs> and then and then you have and then you have people that that work on the the face shaders and stuff and and the faces. Yeah. There's one dude, like I think his name was Lucas or something. He sat behind mm-hmm. me and and. On his screen, literally, you just see faces all day, all night, like all year, two years, three years, just random faces. He generates them and then fixes them and all the skin tones, like you can see how the skin tones, how beautiful they are and and all the lips and freckles and it's just... Does he candy. ever troll you and just put a photo of your face on the screen? <laughs> no, no, no. That's what I would have done. <laughs> <laughs> AAA game dev is like wild. I, I know a mm-hmm. person who worked for 11 years or 10 or 11 years on Far Cry integrating barks. Like he's a specialist in integrating barks in Far Cry. And mm-hmm. and for the not game developers, barks are like repeatable phrases oh, that yes. characters will say. Sorry, yes, I should have. <laughs> I mean, uh, before people just go like, "Wow, there's somebody." There's a lot of the dogs in Far Cry. A lot of dogs. <laughs> I don't remember to be like, "Can I pet them?" <laughs> yeah. Okay, so so okay, you you implement you implemented the room, but before the next milestone, we really for eleven years. For, for eleven we years, I've been rough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's a uh, it's incredible. Like the, they are so great, and and this game, uh, yeah. Like, I mean, I, I've got a. I can talk about it forever. I mean, the, the the there's a lot of great stuff there. There's also some stuff where I was like, oh, like wish they would have done better. But but in mm-hmm. general, like the game is very good, and I think everybody should buy it or play it. So, so far, I've had very, like the, the I had a little bit of of uh, trouble with. Um, finding climbing spots sometimes mm-hmm. yeah but uh beyond that it's been a very smooth experience yeah like my my like be, my my main gripes and and i don't have many because the game is very mm-hmm. good uh like mostly come in design like the game design mm-hmm. i have some problems with the game design but um and and a little bit in the narrative as well 
like and, and, right, and not by the narrative i don't mean the story because the story is is fine but mm-hmm. just the how aloy kind of is portrayed in this game the, the acting is mm-hmm. brilliant the acting is really great mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. i just the the, the, the character I, I just had some problem what? with it interesting i'm, I'm, cu- yeah. I'm curious yeah. i'll uh, i'll see what i find on the way yeah. there i mean game is beautiful game sounds beautiful yeah, incredible. game, game plays so smooth mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, the music is incredible. So I'm I'm actually gonna watch the economy of this one, like the uh, very very closely because I love the the new skill trees. By the way, in in principle, I like not. I don't mm. have practical experience with them yet. I've only unlocked the three things that I've uh, unlocked in the first couple hours that I played. But um, in the first horizon, what I noticed was you could bypass the economy completely because you're able to buy like the most rare things right away. So the, mm-hmm. the optimal yeah, way yeah. to play is don't spend anything until you could buy the very best thing and then buy it. Yes. Yeah. True. And I can tell that like, you know, through, through production, something happened that caused that, like there was a mistake or something. And I, like, you, you know, you start seeing patterns, right? Well, so I'm like, sure that wasn't intended at the beginning. It, it might also just be a very Dutch approach to stuff. No, oh. I, I think in that case specifically, like, um, yeah, the, the, there were so many parts moving. Um, yeah, and and I think at some point, so so I think at some point we had that you couldn't buy, uh, like you from the for the, for the same weapon type, you had mm-hmm. to kind of uh, upgrade your weapon along the rarities so you had a, a green one and then you, you get the rare one and then you get the, the epic mm-hmm. one so, so you had mm-hmm. to kind of progress through all of them mm-hmm. and i think at some point in the end when we were playtesting, uh we found out that that yeah that people weren't uh, uh going through it yeah going through it they were just playing with their main bow or something and that yeah. could have been solved in a lot of different ways but i mean this is the solution that that ended up in the game but uh yeah. I, I understand game development. Yeah. <laughs> you try what you can with the time that you have, 100%. Yeah. But yeah. it's like on the one note, thing. Yeah. On that note, that's so for our listeners who are um, not game developers, would you, um, and for somebody who hasn't uh, hasn't started playing this, I think I'm the only one in this group that hasn't started playing this game. What can you tell me about this that is uh, not a spoiler to get me mm. in? Um, I can. Have you played the first one? <laughs> I, I play. I'm like Rami. I played the first one, but I never finished it all the uh, way. Okay. So what I can t- say about this one, it, it's a continuation of the story. So it's the same um, story continuing. So for the people that finished the first and want to know what happens next, um, that's a no-brainer. You can just pick it up um, and play it. Um, it is an uh, yeah action RPG, I guess, with a lean on action. So so not really a lot of RPG. Although this game uh, um, goes deeper in, into that. Mario. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I, I I do like. There's a lot of design sides of the game, like uh, where I I was like, why, and 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 I couldn't find an answer. And and I guess that that's so. So there are things that that are confused me a bit, mm-hmm. but besides that, I mean, like we said before, everything about the game is is great. So so it's somewhere I read somewhere that it's like it's it's the it's the greatest good game you can ever buy, <laughs> and, and, and which I found was an interesting uh, way to describe the game because. I I don't feel it goes into the stratosphere like like a Ocarina of Time or or something that's really 
like exceptional, I guess. Uh, it doesn't do that, but it does. It is really good, and and very few games do. Yes, yeah. exactly. But yeah. but the problem with this game is that it has the potential. Like all the okay. parts are there. So so that's the the bit that 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 I guess to people like me is frustrating because I've worked on it, and and yeah. it's or and it's like. Oh, like if only those couple of things were were more streamlined, then this would have gone like uh, beyond, if you know what yeah. I mean. Like just wow. like enough time in those kind of yeah. games, which is always the game dev experience too. When you release a game, you know what it could have been because you yeah. know the things you had to cut or you didn't have time to mm-hmm. polish. But the players don't in general, yeah, even the ones that true. think they I, do. <laughs> like I said, I, I was just instantly back in like collecting Richwood. So I'm yeah. just like running fast yeah. stuff and just go like, there's a tree. It's satisfying. It. There's yeah. a tree. I got it. There's a tree. Yeah. I got and it. Also, accessibility in this game is really phenomenal. good this time around. Phenomenal. Yeah, they Very done good. some really great work. It's the first yeah. PlayStation game to have co-pilot, which is yeah. Uh, yeah. really yeah. great. Like, uh, So that's amazing, amazing achievement. Um, yeah. For and, those who and, don't know co-pilot, it means a second player on a second controller can assist you. Can, they yeah. can use it or, or, or a single player that has or, maybe a disability, one arm exactly. or something, can use a second pad with a different limb to, to, to help. Yeah. And that exactly. is really amazing. great. Yeah, yeah, it's really great. So The one that I've never seen before that I really appreciated is you could turn on the visuals for annotations in, in the game mm-hmm. to keep them mm-hmm. on all the time. So you could actually see yep. which walls are climbable, which ledges are grappled. Uh-huh, yeah, or yeah. yep. And and that's something and then, I really like that they, they you can see that it's taken from Death Stranding, right? It's yeah. the... Oh, I it, didn't know Death Stranding yeah, had that. Well, Death Stranding has no, not the not the accessibility setting. Sorry, uh, but the pulse. Oh, like, okay, yes. The, the pulse was, and and it's because they use the same tech. So so Kojima used Decima to make Death Stranding, and uh, Decima is the engine, uh, yeah. the, the Horizon engine, and yes. and they and you can see that they they poured it back the pulse, which is uh, of course very um, uh, a big part of Death Stranding. They poured it back. Into this game, and I thought that's super clever. You know, it why, uh, why not? It's it's if the tech is there, and if it's if it works, and it fits mm-hmm. with the focus, why not do that? And so Absolutely. I thought that was a clever the, the, move. This setting, you could bypass the pulse, is what I'm saying. You could just go into yeah. the setting, turn it on, and there, it's always on. Oh, that's which, great. great! Yeah, yeah. that's really which great. I thought was great. Yeah, especially especially for climbing, it yes. it makes a difference Absolutely. every now and then. The uh, the other ones that I really appreciated is just like very granular difficulty. Yeah, uh, modifiers like f- from auto aim and yeah, they even have uh, a, slowing down the weapon wheel yeah, and stuff like motion, that. Motion, uh, motion, uh, motion controls. That, motion yeah, aim. Yep, very good. And then the other one that I've never seen and I really think is going to be helpful for a very specific group of people is uh, you can disable tinnitus sounds. Yes, yeah, oh, yes. Oh, that's good. Um, I have tinnitus, which obviously, yeah. So basically, you can you can remove that from the game. Yeah, it's like uh, the high pitched sounds or something get removed yep. so it doesn't yep. like bother you. The, yeah. the, I didn't notice yep. that. Thank you for the heads yep. up. You, yeah. you, the so, one that's missing though, The Last of Us Two had a really cool mode where when you walk close to a thing, it auto picks up. That 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 needs to be added. Yeah, the, yeah. That, I love that. I turned that on on The Last of Us. <laughs> yeah, I, I I turned it on too. I just love seeing the animation too when you're walking and you're hiding and you're just like, oh, they reach out, grab something, and now you have a. And you can also, I think in Horizon as well, if you're walking around and you walk into stealth grass, you get a very subtle force feedback 
as well. Mm -hmm. So you can actually, if you're, if you don't see well, you can um, kind of Feel use it, yeah. other clues. Yeah, very good. It. Yeah. yeah they, Should I they... try to finish the first game before I jump into this one, or like watch a, a video of no, the story? It, or there's a video. It shows the story yeah. very well yeah. at the start of the game. Yeah, you can. Uh, onboarding is like I thought it was really really good because really well as someone who played the first game but have terrible memory, I can't remember like names of people or locations uh it helped jog my memory like as soon as I, they started recalling mm. things i'm like oh yeah i remember now i remember that you know that kind mm. of thing it didn't feel okay. yeah so i think it's and great for onboarding people yeah especially the first part of the game just sort of like brings you on like uh, a best hits sort of like video and like short trip Mm -hmm. So you visit some of the locations from the first game that were very important. Yeah. yeah. And uh, one of them actually has a new very important development. So even if you haven't played the first one, the, that location still has the same feeling of this big important place. Okay. Um, so, you know, like they, they set you up. Basically, if you haven't played the first Horizon, they set you up with pretty much the same feeling. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, as uh, as the first one, and they obviously like pull back to like themes and video stuff and like characters and everything. So, yeah, the game has yeah, you... I think more than twenty hours of of cutscenes, which yeah. is crazy. I'm not but... surprised. Wow, they ported that back from Kojima. As well. <laughs> 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 <Wild>. <laughs> yeah, like there was a lot of work. The cinematics team was yeah. busy, <laughs> and it's exceptionally good. It's really like it's yeah. well done. Yeah, very beautiful, and and the lighting. So so the characters are lit like backlit yeah. in this really subtle way so so what they what they've done i think is is every character that's in a cutscene or even outside i'm not sure but they have like a, a backlight so you yeah. see the the edge glow kind of around them so they stand out from the environment without uh doing weird uh other effects if you know what i mean and it's really beautiful yeah, yeah. very well it's done. preposterously pretty yeah. The I'm downloading it right now, so I think <laughs> okay. it's one of the things I might uh, dig into. Actually, um, you have you seen the, um, um, how they celebrated the launch of this game in Saudi Arabia? Yeah. Yes. Wait, yeah. I missed it. Tell me about there's it. This, there's this video on the internet, man, that's uh, really, uh, really cool. Mm -hmm. The marketing so they, budget they, is crazy of this game. Right. <laughs> yeah. They the project an image on like this giant rock, which is like in a touristic spot in Saudi Arabia. But the, the, the real cool thing is that they have like a formation of drones with like a blue light at the bottom of the drone. And then those drones, they just, uh, they, they fly and then their formation change. And as they uh, get into position, they create different shapes. So they start off by putting the logo of the game in Arabic. Yeah, and wow. then it's like the PlayStation symbol, wow. and then it's like the um, the triangle square thing, and then they put like even Guerrilla Studio they they make the logo as well, mm. yep. um, and yep. uh, uh, with with the drones. Very that cool. was that's that's yeah. super. I've never seen anything like this but before. Actually, super that's impressive. Incredible. The drone mm. shows are really really fun, uh, and they also you know they're they're now scary to me as well, but. <laughs> Uh, they're also just really, really impressive. You know that in, in some places they're replacing fireworks with drone shows? Oh, that's, yeah. that's better, I guess. Yeah, so yeah. much better. <laughs> yeah. I, I never so like fireworks. Better. It's just noise, and I, I don't want to hate yeah. on it, but it's not it's not for me. Me I, and dogs, I like, we don't I like, like it. I like fireworks. No, I like <laughs> drones. I know why <laughs> you're <laughs> afraid of drones. They are obstacles now. <laughs> hey, I, <laughs> so, I, I don't think fireworks play well with planes either. <laughs> <laughs> no, or drones again, for that matter. <laughs> I'll be, I'll 
I'll be very honest. I fly my drone on New Year's sometimes, and I fly through fireworks, and it, it's fine. <laughs> wait, wait, wait! You actually fly through? I want to see that footage. That sounds incredible. Oh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. You have to be careful, obviously, because you you know your firework goes up, and if it shoots a drone out of the sky, you've got a like two hundred gram thing falling from the sky, which is unpleasant. <laughs> But I fly with only a very light drone, 249 grams, so it shouldn't do any any damage anywhere. Um, but yeah, it's it's beautiful footage. Wow. Um, and uh, you know, before we move on from Horizon, I, there's there's a thing that I wanted to ask both. Uh, since we have Rami and Ahmed, we have two uh, representing uh, the Netherlands here. How was the reception of the game in the Netherlands? Like that must have been like you know everybody like the talk of everybody, right? Yeah. I'm, uh, yeah. I'm, I mean, the, the gamers love it. The Dutch gamers do, for sure. Right. Yeah. But it's not like celebrated, like it's everywhere, like billboards and stuff like that in the, in the city. Oh, no, there was there was more attention for this on, on, on Times Square than there was in the Netherlands. Oh, okay. But that's also kind of the Netherlands. Like, they, don't get me wrong. They did a good campaign here, and it was on TV, like ads, and there was... Uh, was news articles. And yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, news articles. I was oh, in an interview for it. Oh, that's good. Yeah. You were in an uh, interview for it. <laughs> Right, yeah, yeah, they they needed a they needed a non guerrilla game developer to speak ah, about okay. the game because they wanted to balance out the article. So that's cool. I I ended up talking about the game. Yeah, it was an, it was fun. They they were good about it. But you know, like you got to remember, this is a tiny country, mm-hmm. right? It is like what uh, not even twenty million people. It's in a language that only those twenty million people speak. So. Yeah. Marketing here really just doesn't pay off as aggressively as it does in other places. Yeah. Right. You market in Saudi Arabia, in, in Saudi, and you get the entire Arab region. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Right. You market on Times London. Square, you get the world. You yeah, the London subway had had uh, mm-hmm. stuff up. You yeah. get the English speaking world in Europe, like the Netherlands. You get like, you know, the the, the seven thousand. We call them casco, but the cheese eaters. <laughs> um, you, you get. You get the cheese heads, and then that's about it. Um, yeah, it's a so, it's a shame that they that it doesn't it's not marketed better there. But but the gamers love it, and but also the Dutch yeah. are very old school. Like it's a bit of an right. old school country in the sense that people still talk about violence and games and things like that, which right. is silly. Like uh, that's getting better. Yeah. I will I will admit that yeah. the last few years. But it's like uh, it's recent. Though. Yeah, recent because every game we've shipped in Holland. There's always been, uh, when I was there, there's always been people that surfaced that discussion when we shipped at Guerrilla. And it's like, it's always the annoying thing where the where the, the, the executive producers and whatever needs to go up and, and, and defend games when right. we ship a game, wow. which, which is really raining yeah. on your parade. <laughs> yeah. That, that didn't happen this time, from what I can tell. I was in touch with some of the, the team. And it's, it, I mean, all the interviews I've seen have, have talked about like, the cultural impact, economical impact, the opportunities for the country, and sort of like the scale of this production. Yeah, yeah, it's big. Um, it's the biggest media production ever. And and by the way, Guerrilla has been doing that like three for, three times in a row. Like right in a yeah, row. Like they've been. But this time they're kind of catching up, which is nice. Yeah. Uh, like the media is kind of catching up on that. Yeah. Uh, the, like one of the questions I got in my interview, like, so how big is Aloy? And I sat there for a moment. I'm like, I guess it's the most famous Dutch character, yeah, true, yeah, yeah. ever made yes. across all media. <laughs> yeah. Wow, yeah, that is definitely yeah. right. Like, 
Yeah. Aloy, like she's on Times Square, she's in the London Metro, she's everywhere. Like what? What else? Yeah, no, you're what right. Other but Dutch stated thing? like that, that's huge. I never I didn't stop like, to think. Paul Verhoeven. Paul Verhoeven would be your other. Yeah, option, right? like uh, what? What did he do? Like really, like a Robocop, Robocop or something? That, Robocop yeah. might be. Robocop, might be. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that might be a number two. But it's it's right. But I like a, before we stop talking about the game though. I do want to talk about the design of it, though. Like it does. Okay. There, there. I mean, it's great. The game is amazing, and and again, and I think like with games, the the reception or any actually any entertainment product, I think there's this thing, there's this level where where you, when you go through it, like when you, when you go through that level, people start forgiving like all the problems in the product. And and I think Zelda is, is does it happens in Zelda too. Like for instance, a lot of people had had problems with the the weapon um uh, uh endurance. Yeah, endurance system or whatever it's called. But because it's Zelda and because it it, it kind of breaks through those clouds or or the the barrier or whatever, people just start forgiving everything. And, That's and this the problem with came... the Zelda man. What are you talking about? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but so, so this game, like, it is really great, but but on the design side, there are some things, like, like for instance, the health system. I, I have, like, I, I loved it at first until I started counting the amount of systems in there. And mm-hmm. it's like... Like you, you have a health system, and you have berries, and then you have a berry pouch, and then you have an inventory stash. with berries, and then you have a yeah. stash with berries, and then you have food, and then you have potions, and you can carry three potions, and you can, and it's like, so when you compile all that, you're like, why, like why, why, why does mm. does it have so many health systems? You, you're right. Know. It's very max. It's a very maximalized system. Yeah. Honestly, the approach. Is. Like okay, why? so and you're right. Like elegance is usually something that game designers go after. But there are people who like managing these things. And what I loved about Horizon specifically is that there's an option to bypass the whole health system by auto healing, yeah, uh, and that just takes care of it for you. Like that's. Uh, the, I, I mean, I'm, 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 you're, you're not wrong. Like elegance mm-hmm. is usually what people are going after. But I mean, uh, let's say if during production they made the decision for whatever reason yeah. and they're stuck with that's it, and then they, at the end, yeah, because yeah, that's that's usually how it goes. Usually yeah. how it goes is it, these things are not decided at the beginning and executed as as. Mm-hmm. All of you on the call know yeah. there's something that was decided. Wait, what we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> you, what I mean, game design is iterative. You come up with decisions, and then some of them go wrong, and then you come up with other ones to fix those ones, and then at the end, it looks like patchwork, and you're like, okay, how do we make this cohesive? Like that. That's how Wait. it works out. My favorite thing is when you get kids, like very young kids, yeah. when they imagine what making a game is like, that they'll they'll draw situations from the game in like a book. Yeah. <laughs> and they'll just go like, so if you press this button, then you have to go to, and then they'll go through the book and they'll show you another page. Yeah. yeah. And it made way more sense when it was like adventure stories and stuff. But now with like RPGs all these and- <laughs> very big real-time RPGs, the books just get so complicated. <laughs> You know they have like little. They have like little. Uh, I think every game designer has a book like that, right? Yeah. <laughs> like where they where they try to make a game by just a writing guide. a book, R- or writing a guide. Or, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah the, the instruction book. book is a game design document, right? right. Yeah, yeah. But yeah it, yeah, it is a great, great game, and so I, I don't want to like criticize no, it. No, no, for it's, sure, it's great. 
Well, you can criticize, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. That's fine. Absolutely. The thing is, the thing is, like you know, I've, you know, often think for every game development, and especially like longer one, that there is like like uh, like Osama was saying earlier that you never know how the game is going to end up looking like. It's because you know you start off with uh, or like you can see the potential of the things that have been cut or removed or you didn't have the time to do and all of that. That's what Osama was talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. There is something like that in almost every game development in which like, you start off with the ideal case situation, mm-hmm. um, and you have the paper designs and the books well written and all of this, and then you start making the game and then you discover what systems work, what systems don't, what yeah. prototypes prove that these uh, work with each other anymore or not. But also, like, you know, the realities of developments hit with the time, the constraints, and all of that stuff, and stuff gets cut. And eventually, sometimes, like, you know, three to four years along the way, you might look at a design to see, I don't remember why we even had this, or this now doesn't make any sense. It did make sense two years ago when these two other systems were there. Exactly. But they were but they were removed or cut for whatever reason, and now they're there making the system seem like it's uh, right. it's but odd or I, incomplete will, or whatever reason. But I will say, like, I think the 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 thing that Ahmed is saying, and, and I, it is a feeling I have about Horizon, is that very often we design by subtraction, yeah. right? And yeah. I feel like Horizon, pretty aggressively across many of its systems, it's just adding, designed yeah. by addition, right? And it's not a common thing, and it makes it an interesting game that way for me. I, I also agree with Ahmed that it feels somewhat uh, inelegant mm. yeah. and, and, right? and i have a, i sort of have a natural response to inelegance as a designer and it's yeah. also uh, not the only system like you said like the the, the skill mm-hmm. tree i feel is like that too because it, there's a mm-hmm. lot of skills in there that that say no like you, you unlock them right. but they only are valid with a certain weapon or a certain outfit and and it feels like like there's 200 more than 200 skills in the game and and a lot of them or some of them, let's say, I'm not going to say a lot of them, but some of them don't work. So so you can unlock them, but then they only work if you use a certain type of loadout, like a very mm-hmm. specific one. Mm-hmm, so right. so there's stuff like that where it feels like that's people have... That's complexity instead yeah, of depth. Yeah, exactly. And, and, it, and, yeah. and that's exactly my point there. Like, you, you kind of hit it on the nail. It feels that, that complexity was confused for depth at some point. Yeah. And that's the bit right. that, that I think... If this game would have had a razor, like in the last six months, somebody would have taken a razor and, and just honed it a bit, it would have been like past yeah. past the 90. That, that's that's rough, though, because it's the kind of thing where, especially in nowadays, especially for these kind of prestige games, people just expect a certain amount of stuff. Content, yeah. 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 But yeah. it has stuff, content. Like right? the, the world is no, great I, and big. I, I believe you. Yeah. I mean, I'm at the start of the game, but like it's the kind of thing where I... I've started to see this in more places, you know, like in life service games, it's like 500 currencies. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, why? Do we need them? And it's like, <laughs> well, no, you know, but then mm. they can't reuse the old currency to get the new stuff. Yeah. And it's like, I guess that's true, yeah. but also there must be a better way yeah, of dealing with yeah, this. Yeah, true. I'm about to go into Destiny 2 and dismantle like 14,000 <laughs> gunsmith <laughs> materials that I have and in like steps of 100. Because that currency is going with the Witch Queen, with the new expansion. They're streamlining a lot of their systems. But it means that all those old tokens I have for this one vendor are going to go out of the game. So I'm just going to... Use them. Yeah. I'm going to use them now. Yeah. yeah. That sounds like a job. Yes. Like- <laughs> I'm, not looking, I'm not looking forward to that one. I'll be very honest. Yeah. But 
But it's yeah. I mean, what am I what am I gonna do? Yeah, it is a great game, and I think everyone should buy it. If you have a PS5, definitely buy it. PS4, it runs great as well. So it was. I was yeah. shocked at how well it ran on the PS4. Yeah, the, That's, the tech team over know, there is just incredible. They, they've got. I think like I've I've worked inside games and outside games. By far, the best engineers I've ever worked with are at Guerrilla. Like by far, there's not no comparison. I, I love that we're at the end cycle for the PlayStation 4 and, you know, we're at mm. the point where people can really pull out all the stops on what you can actually do with that device. Yeah. yeah. My God, that yeah. was a powerful games console. Yeah. It, was. Yeah. it really was. And it didn't look like an airplane jet. It sounded like one. It sounded like one. It sounded like one. Is this what Sony is doing? They're like, if you at the end, if you combine all our PlayStations together, you get a functioning airplane. Because I'm all for or they, it. Or they just they just up the decibels until you get the new PlayStation. <laughs> right. <laughs> I just I cannot believe. I still I, with all due respect to all the incredible people at PlayStation. I don't know what happened with the PS5 to justify its design. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wild. It's really that one of those things that look good in isolation on its own. And that's still my opinion. Like, if you. It doesn't look good yeah, in isolation. I, I, I disagree. I think as a it look, thing. It looks really good if you put it in a car commercial where you don't actually <laughs> see the full device. But, but there's that's, like kind of a line going over a curve. It looks but that's acceptable. what I mean. It looks acceptable if you Photoshop it to the skyline of Dubai. That's like the only, <laughs> the only way it works. Burj Khalifa, But that's I, what I mean. I mean, it has aesthetically pleasing qualities to it. It's not It's not like a revolting what is this. Even my mom said that it was ugly. No. My mom is, I don't care if you, my mom. Rami, do you understand that these things are subjective right i'm just saying never i have never heard my mom say that anything was ugly in her entire never never in my life wallahi i have never heard her say not even once that something is ugly and she has seen some stuff in her life and she gets the playstation 5 box she gets the playstation 5 box and she looks at the box and it has that zoomed in photo of it and she's like you know it looks nice and she pulls it out of the box and she looks at it and she goes Oh, it's ugly. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when I knew that's when I knew that they had messed up because I have never yes. heard my mom do anything like what that. What I was the, going to the say PS5, is... if the PS5 had the mom, it would also say it's ugly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, this, this, this is how ugly it is. Anyways, Anyways, we'll agree to disagree. <laughs> what, I, what I was saying is that in context, it's, it's ludicrous. Like it does not make sense in anyone's living room. I, no. I mean, I can't, I don't, I, I've never seen a living room where the PlayStation would fit. So Mine that's hidden I, behind my TV. <laughs> yeah, you you better hide it, right? Well, like my my Xbox, it's invisible. Like it's just a black box. You don't see it in the and the, that's what I want. I don't want to see my I don't want to be reminded that my consoles are there. I want to see whatever they display on the screen. So I, I Microsoft we're still open for sponsorships. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it up. We'll get sponsored by them someday. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, we've downloaded uh, downloading Horizon. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Fausty's transitions are just like short pause. Anyway, anyway. it's his media training. He's a master. Okay. Because so if I'm, because yep, if, yep, if I'm yep. doing the if I'm doing the segue, we're gonna need to stop and talk about it. So that's talk right. about the segue. <laughs> anyway. 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 Uh, I played something else other than Horizon. Oh. Oh. 
Yeah, so uh, <laughs> <laughs> there are other games. <laughs> there are other games. I'll be playing Horizon next week. Hopefully, we'll talk about it some more. Inshallah. I played two games. Um, one mm. we one we spoke about on the show that we covered already. I started playing the new Pokemon, uh, Pokemon Legends. Yes, Atreus, Atreus, Arceus, Arceus. Arceus, Arceus, Atreus, 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 yes, Arceus, that one, Pokemon, that one, (laughs) it's really good. It's it's like really. I wasn't just making some. I. That's what Rami said. (laughs) It's really good. (laughs) I like that you sound surprised. That's the part that's gonna be. You're like. It's just really good. Larami said it was good, so just I just expected a trash fire. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> but no, it's good. It's no, good. Rami, I'm, I'm surprised because this game really breaks a lot of uh, Pokemon mm. traditions. It's, it's Pokemon 2, mm. actually. <laughs> Some, yeah. someone call, I heard somebody call it Pokemon 2, and I was like, wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. true. It's it's like yeah. it, you know, like you know, like I, I don't know how how long has Pokemon existed now? Thirty years. It's been the same, probably ever. Yeah, <laughs> thirty years. It's, it's always been like very similar. Even when like they make you know the Let's Go Eevee, Let's Go Pikachu, there were still remakes of the first one. It looked gorgeous in three D, but it was pretty much you know the same stuff. Mm-hmm. And you know, like I like Pokemon, but I played it enough. I feel so yeah. going into yeah. this one because of. Rami talking so much about this one. I was like, I'm Aww. gonna pick this one up and play it. And I started playing it, and I was very surprised about really how many Pokemon traditions they break. Actually, mm-hmm. um, it's it's open world Pokemon, really, for mm-hmm. what it is. And yeah. and, and uh, as if like you know, the collection aspect of the game wasn't addictive enough to begin with. They've they've added so much stuff for the Pokédex. That makes you want want to do more stuff. So, like, there's the research uh, things that you need to do to clarify the Pokédex entry. So now, not only have you you need to find the Pokémon once, you need to find the Pokémon many times. See the Pokémon, capture this number of Pokémons. Yeah, Um, Yeah, I've I've started calling it Pokémon Hunt. (laughs) because it feels a bit like Monster Hunter in that regard. There is a bit of that, yeah. Right, right. I got, I got a very monster huntery vibe, and it was. Uh, I like it. Yeah. Except for that Pichu and the Geo dude. Those two can just go to hell. <laughs> Pichu keeps running away from me. They all keep running away. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, but you need, but you need to throw a fruit or something to keep the, to distract them, and then sneak, this... sneak on the Pokemon and throw the ball. Do you see how much changes they did? Like you know, you yeah. act, you actively have to throw the item. You actively have to sneak. You actively have to attack. Um, throw the Pokeball from behind. Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, uh, th- hide between grass and you know, like mm-hmm. pull up, pull a fast one on a Pokemon. Right. Um, so, now I'm confusing. Now I'm confusing Horizon and Pokemon, and he's going like, and then do, and then do a Pokemon. silent kill. <laughs> just when you know, like you have like the ponytail, and you just like stick that spear right in the. Oh no, wait! Shoot, part, shoot parts off of the Pokemon's also, head and then capture it. <laughs> some of these Pokemon's are terrifying. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Uh, right now that they attack me, I'm like, oh no. <laughs> they attack you directly i think i was going like right. very early in the game going across the field like i'll do some like you know chill exploration and then i come across a fiery eye uh what's the po- pony tail pokemon name 
ponytail. Ponita. Ponita, exactly. Yeah. Um, but it's much bigger than all the regular ponitas, and they have fire in their eyes. And I'm like, okay, I'm gonna try to hide. I throw a Pokemon at it from the back. I'm level forty five. I'm getting Hitman flashbacks of me trying to be smart. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm trying to sneak on the ponita from behind. And then, of course, it sees me. And then there's even more fire coming out of its eyes. And it's charged me directly. I was like, I didn't even give me a time to, you know, bring out the Pokemon to fight it back. <laughs> does, does damage directly to your character. You also, like, you know, can produce a Pokemon. Um, you need to, to actively choose which Pokemon to engage in a combat. These are, like, you know, radical changes in the Pokemon formula. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that just makes it seem feel so fresh, so new. Isn't narratively as well? Aren't isn't it kind of set in the time before Pokemon were domesticated? So so that's why they kind of they justify attacking that's people right. and stuff. Yeah, so they that's change right. The yeah, exactly. Even like you know the 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 act of capturing Pokemon's was still a, a new thing, so to say. So like when you are going out and catching all these Pokemon, they're like, oh wow, you caught three in a row. What an amazing uh, person that we need to include them. And it's like the army kind of conducting this whole operation. It's like, we need to understand these Pokemon so we can catch them and stuff. <laughs> you know, like this kind of stuff is happening. It's really cool. They because I like guess Pokeballs few- are brand new, right? Like Pokeballs have just been invented. They're handcrafted in this uh, in this right. world. So like um, these Pokeballs, right. like it's makeshift, but you know, they're effective. <laughs> also, I, I do. Did, did you also like, because that was a moment where I was like, it means that the Pokeball doesn't doesn't actually do anything. It's it's like, like the Pokemon a, it's a shrinks home. itself down. Yeah, the Pokemon, yeah, shrinks, so the Pokemon shrinks itself into it. I always thought that the Pokeball had a technology that sucked the Pokemon in. Same. But but apparently if you throw a wooden ball against the Pokemon's head, it will try to go in there. Same. <laughs> Same. Well, Very wild. It was. It was like you know a lot of things, and also like the 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 setting of the game seems to be like uh, Japan, or something you know, like feudal like Japan, feudal Japan yeah. kind of era, mm. uh, which is like a really new thing. Like for for also the Pokemon series to some extent, but also like you know very interesting aesthetic, generally speaking. Because all all Pokemon have been in present day so far, right? Like they haven't really yeah. done any time traveling, or have they? Not that I know I mean, of. The main character seems to time travel. That's all I know. <laughs> and, and also teleport everywhere. Like, right. <laughs> but what what I like, I like what you just said about the 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 army thing because that was always kind of the my my uh, uh, or that weirded me out a bit was the dissonance kind of that everybody you know they they all talk about oh you have a Pokemon and it's your friend. And then you go into the world and you catch like a thousand, and it's like, and, yeah. and, and and but the characters in the world don't, and I guess now they try to kind of explain it, I guess, which is nice, do, like the dissonant. Do you think Arab Pokemon trainers get in trouble if they have a Voltorb? <laughs> I don't know what a Voltorb looks like. I'm sorry. It's like <laughs> a Pokeball. It's a Pokemon Pokemon, but really the only uh, attack it has, I think, is like self-destruct, yeah. where it just explodes. <laughs> I don't think that every time every time I think about Pokemon in the real world, it just gets bad. <laughs> I've never thought about Pokemon and like the real world, and I go like, yeah, that'll be good. I think uh, the real life Arab Pokemon would be Pidgeot because, like, you know, I've, I don't know if you remember those, Rami, but in Arab world, like, there's these pigeon trainers, and they're so good. 
at like yeah. making right. pigeon yeah. fly in a certain direction or come back uh, to a certain place yep. and like have their pigeons attack the other dude's pigeons because he's also <laughs> trying to fly them over. Like one person once explained it to me is that one of the like the the pigeon trainer makes the pigeons fly in circles around the same time. And the other trainer would try to make, and this is not Pokemon, this is the air world here. The other, the other trainer gets the <laughs> pigeons to fly in the air, and then they try to get the both flocks to intersect so that they see how many pigeons gets confused from one flock to follow the other. <laughs> stealing stealing <laughs> pigeons midair. Wow. It's, pr- it's pretty much wow. there. So, like, you know, at the end of the day, one of the trainers would just basically gain pigeons at the end of it. And, wow. um, you know, the next day, the other person starts to get some more pigeons back. And, like, the be- the better the, the lead pigeon is trained to influence other pigeons to follow it into a flock, the better the trainer is. Wow. It's exactly and, like marbles. It's exactly the game of marbles, <laughs> but with pigeons. <laughs> it's pigeons. And, and, like, you know, they, they usually fly pigeons around sunsets. And in the Middle East, you probably see that a lot. Like, the flocks of pigeons flying around the cities is usually those Pokemon trainers. Just like, <laughs> you know, like you know, going in for their evening duels. They're, um, like, wow. they're like, if I have 10 extra pigeons, it's dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I never, I never got why people eat pigeons. They're not that delicious. I tried. I've it's never not had. Like, I don't get it. Don't yeah. have them. Hamem. They're common. Hamem. They're commonly eaten in the Middle East, in Egypt. Uh, I think yeah. it's a common dish. Yeah, my my grandma will make stuffed pigeon all the yeah. time. Yeah. Does it taste yeah, like quail? Because I like quail. It's kind of gamey, like a pigeon. Yeah. It's gamey. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's pretty gamey. Bro. Yeah, it's a bit gamey, it's, and, and they stuff it with like bulgur and 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 uh, mince, yeah. and it's quite nice. Yeah. I I like it. It's good. Yeah, yeah I like it's it. just that it's not. There's not a lot of pigeon on a pigeon, so you <laughs> you have to eat like five of them. To <laughs> yeah. And uh, my grandma, my grandma kept pigeons, and then she would also make pigeon. And it was always a little confusing to me as a kid. <laughs> I guess that's where food comes kind from. Kind of like the berry uh, bag in Horizon Zero Dawn. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, cool. I could talk briefly about the other game I played uh, quickly. because I. Uh, there's I, more. There's one, one more game. I played uh, a bit of Oli Oli World. Hmm. Oh, I'm excited oh. about that one. I haven't tried it yet. Yeah. And this yeah, is game, uh, right? Yeah, Anissa worked on this, I think. You were right about you were right about Fozzie's voice, Osama. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was exactly right. Yeah. Only when he's excited, game, apparently. <laughs> right. But Anissa po- did work on Ollie World, right? Uh, yeah, yeah Anissa podcast did. When I lose my voice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a big fan of skating. Uh, I like to skate and stuff. So like, um, I've always been uh, a fan of the Ole Ole games. So Ole Ole 2 for me was a really, really fun game that I've always had installed on my PS. Uh, it's one of those, like I have 10 minutes, I'll just do a couple of Ole Ole runs. And yeah. Ole Ole World is no different. Um, it uh, successfully, I think, takes the game to... Uh, it adds a lot of different mechanics. So like in, uh, in the previous game, like... Um, it's side-scrolling, so you can go from one side to the other. And, it's, you know, you have to do those button combinations to get the tricks in place. And uh, you got to do the, the trick into jump, into a manual. So it's kind of like a, a, an on-rails platformer, so to say, but you do it with skating. And if you can do it without platforming, just do it, doing it by connecting tricks to each other, you get a lot more points. And in this game, in addition to the, to the traditional analogs and jumps and backflips and grinds, they've added uh, wall grinds. So you can like uh, jump like a into a grind, into a wall grind, oh. into another uh, grind, 
down the stairs into a trick. So like they've added the three to four extra elements of complexity so that you can chain those uh, tricks together. So it becomes, um, in order for you to like really pull a lot of uh, tricks to get a lot of points together and to put these things uh, close, it takes a lot of concentration and very rewarding when you really pull it off. Very zen as you're playing it. And it's it's the first 3D one, isn't it? So the other ones were 2D. And and how did That's they take it into 3D? What's the like? Did they? Pull it's still it like off? it's a cartoony looking 3D. So that from the art style point of view, and the camera angle is still the same. So it's still like you know 3D aesthetic, but the gameplay feels very 2D. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. they, they've used it mechanically in which like this time there's like sometimes uh, there's some areas there's tracks in the foreground and the background, and you can switch in between them. Uh-huh, okay. Um, think of like foreground, background, like, you know, old school Fatal Fury in which I could jump from one one dimension to the other, but there's yeah. still two 2D dimensions, each of them. Oh, cool. Right. Yeah. And that kind of adds extra dimensions. So sometimes like you'd be on the track and then there's like the, the jump, uh, the area where you can go into the other dimension. And that other track usually ha- uh, is more tricky. So it's like a difficulty so d- jump or something. So you do the difficulty yeah. jump and then you go in and then you're like doing a bunch of extra tricks. So like it's harder on that track. Mm, cool. Mm. So it it's pretty interesting that way. Are you playing it on Switch or what are you playing it on? I played it on PC actually. Uh, okay. I was, yeah, it was pretty fun on PC. Is it on Switch? I think it is. I think it's I on, think on, it on is Switch. Switch, yeah. Yeah. Switch PS4, no. Xbox and PC, I think. They, yeah. they went, uh, went all out. No way. So, Fuzzy, yes. King of Fighters 15 is out. Is it? Oh, is it? Oh, yes. wow. Oh, Ahmed, do you play fighting games too? I do. I do. All right. I challenge you both. Oh, I just bought okay. it. I haven't played it yet, but I ordered a new fight stick because my uh, old fight stick is a generation too old to work on these new consoles. Um, and Which so one did what, you buy? Uh, I have to actually look it up. I don't remember. I did a lot of research on which ones are good, and then I can't remember which one I landed on. I'll tell you in a second. Amazon uh, orders. I got a Mayflash F500. And the reason I got it... Oh, now I remember. Yeah, because it was the highest rated one that works both for the PS5 and for the Xbox Series X. Ah, Mm -hmm. okay, cool. I didn't want to get multiple uh, joysticks. And that that seems to be the best one that works on both. And so (laughs) do do you... you, Fauzi, do you also play with stick or do you play with pad? I play both. So I, I, I'd rather stick, but I but I have a pad. But I also have a fighting game pad. (laughs) So I use that too. You're cheating. That's not cheating. It's uh, officially accepted in all tournaments. I look it up. <laughs> <laughs> tournaments that Fauzi runs, by the way. Right. Just I don't, I don't know. Know. You don't need to, to fact check me on that one. Uh, <laughs> only I can play I, uh, my tournament with this pad. You all play with sticks. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've, I have one more question that brought that that uh, I think Osama brought up the other day, and I, I want to throw it back in because I think it's it's done soon. The Capcom countdown is still yes. going. Yep. Street Fighter, thirteen hours Street away. <gasps> yeah, it's that's what is it? Everyone believes it's Street Fighter Six at this point, yeah. and Street the Fighter reason Six? maybe it's a Resident Evil. That's what I originally thought. I thought it was Resident Evil until someone pointed out that the Capcom Cup ends today, and this is not the first time that they announce a Street Fighter or a, a collection of Street Fighter or something at the end of a Capcom Cup because they play like you know it's a Street Fighter event, right? Mm. So yeah. I think it would be a stretch to expect the Resident Evil at this point. But that was my initial thought as well. 
No, you're what right. you if it's at the end of the the the, the Capcom Cup, it will be a Street Fighter Six probably. Yeah, and, and, which and, is exciting. But that back to the question: What's your favorite Street Fighter for everyone here? Three, Third Strike for Third. sure, hands okay. down. For me, it's, it's it's hard to get over the second one. Yeah. Second is the best, but the one I played the most is four, probably. Four, yeah. Yeah, same four for me. Four well. over five, of course. and Four like, over five, for sure. Yeah, I prefer five. I what? thought four was very My, defensive. Yeah, look, Halas, we don't have time for this. We're an hour in. <laughs> oh, <no>. This is <laughs> great for a future episode of the Habibis. Right, right, I don't want to edit. I don't want to. I don't want to edit three hours of podcast, and I know where this discussion is going. Yes, <laughs> it's nowhere. Let's put Fast. up in, But but before we do that, uh, <laughs> of the fight stick. Put up Doyle on the fight stick. Um, Ahmed, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter. Uh, just type my name. And uh, you'll find me there. I, I post sometimes on uh, Facebook and all the places. But yeah, I'll I'm, link it I, in the show notes as well. So yeah, I, I try to dramatism, isn't it? Yes, <laughs> I, I try. To, Inshallah, there will be show notes. I, I try Inshallah. to not be active on social media. I actively yeah. try to be not active. But let's see, like how that goes. <laughs> let's see how it goes. What a smart man! <laughs> Subhanallah! What a smart man! I wish I was more like you. Yeah, and I felt that job, Rabbi. I put show notes in the last episode. I only missed the three, four <laughs> ones before that, but I got the last one. <laughs> 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 Inshallah, there will be show Inshallah. notes. Is all I said. We're talking about. We're professionals here. Yeah, anyway. Come on. <laughs> but maybe not so, a Sure sounds like it. Not a podcast. Sure sounds like it. But we are professionals at other things. Yeah. And if you follow me on Twitter, you'll just see a bunch of uh, Horizon Forbidden West. So uh, if you want, that's to see all I'm seeing now, anyway. Yeah, so. Exactly. It's all internet. <laughs> <laughs> exactly and congrats um, i want to say a big congratulations to the team in amsterdam they did amazing we'll join you for and, that and and also yes. at home like they did this from home and it's wow uh, it's incredible the last two years they've been at home so i i'm i'm amazed i'm amazed and in awe and uh proud so yeah yeah congrats to the gorillas congrats to the gorillas mm-hmm. That's it for today's episode. Join us next week for more Habibis. But for the time being, salam. 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 That was the Habibis podcast for this week. I am Fauzi Masmar, your host for this episode. You can find me on Twitter at Fauzi Masmar. My fellow Habibis were Osama Dorias, who you can find on Twitter at Osama Dorias, and Rami Ismail, who you can find on Twitter at THA underscore Rami. Send us your questions, stories, and suggestions via info at thehabibis.com. Intro and outro music was provided by Malik Zubela, and the logo was provided by Ibrahim Hamdi. The Habibis is a weekly podcast about three game developers drinking good Arab tea, with new episodes launching every Friday, inshallah. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe to your favorite podcasting service or check out thehabibis.com for more information. Thank you for listening. Salam.